Good morning, pastors and ministry leaders. Thank you so much for joining us and welcome to the Nigerian Pastors Podcast. My name is Shegun Ayegusi, and I am a pastor and founder and director of the Gathering Faith Leadership Network. We are a pastoral training ministry in the city of Jos in Plateau State, Nigeria, and our mission is to encourage, equip, and strengthen pastors and ministry leaders. The Nigerian Pastors Podcast is the audio ministry of the Gathering Faith Leadership Network, and we aim to achieve two goals through this podcast. One, we want to minister to the pastor's heart and stir up in you a greater love for Jesus Christ. The fact is, when a pastor is in awe and in love with Jesus Christ, it will result in emotionally and spiritually healthy ministry leaders who lead thriving churches. And our second goal through this podcast is to equip you with practical biblical teaching for ministry so that you can grow in your knowledge of God's Word and become more effective in preaching and teaching through the Bible. It is our ongoing prayer that the Holy Spirit of God accomplishes both of these goals in your life as you listen along. Welcome again, and thank you for listening. I want to welcome you again, pastors and ministry leaders. Thank you so much for joining us. Well, in today's episode, we are going to be concluding our talk about heaven one minute after you die. Um, and we're in this series on the end time. So let me give you some highlights from last week's episode to bring you up to date. So in last week's episode, we discussed what happens one minute after a follower of Jesus Christ takes their last breath in this world and opens their eyes for the first time in the next world. We looked at 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 16 to 18, where the Apostle Paul essentially explains that even though we're, we may experience pain in this life, man, what's in store for us is a, an eternal glory that outweighs all our present strugglings. And for that reason, we fix our eyes on Jesus. Well, 2 Corinthians 4, 16 to 18 was an encouraging, we used it as a launching pad and we started discussing three shocking moments that every follower of Jesus Christ will experience during their first few moments in heaven. And the shocking moment number one that we will experience will be the sudden realization that all our physical struggles are finally over. That was last week. And last week we also talked about the shocking moment number two, not only what will be in heaven, but who will be in heaven. Mainly, we focused on uh, just the awe that we will experience when we stand in the presence of Jesus Christ. And that brings us to today's episode, where we'll discuss not only the third shocking moment you will experience in heaven, but how to best prepare for that day. And it's that moment when it hits you that despite all the disappointments and missed opportunities you've experienced in this life, shocking moment number three is this, that you will find out there is actually an awards ceremony in heaven. There will be an awards ceremony in heaven. So let's, let's, let's look at it. Second Corinthians chapter five, verse 10 says this. By the way, it's shocking because I think many Christians assume that when we die, we go to heaven you know, we just worship God for all eternity and we sing, praise, and, you know, do church service 24-7. And yes, there's worship in heaven like, you're, like you wouldn't believe, but um, there's a lot more happening in heaven, and, and, and that's why it's going to be shocking. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 10 says, Paul is speaking to Christians here. He says, For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, so that each of us may receive what is due us for things done while in the body, 
whether good or bad. All right, uh, that's 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 10. Now, let's look at 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 11 and 15, which explains, it says this, No one can lay any other foundation other than the one already laid, which is Jesus Christ. Verse 12, If anyone builds on this foundation using gold and silver and costly stones, wood, hay, or straw, their work will be shown for what it is, because the day will bring it to light. So the day is referring to the judgment seat of Christ that 2 Corinthians 5.10 refers to. And your works will be revealed with fire, and the fire will test the quality of each person's work. If what that person has built survives, the builder will receive a reward. If it is burned up, the builder will suffer loss, yet be saved even though only as one escaping through the flames. So when Paul makes this distinction between foundations made of gold and silver and costly stones versus things that are made of stone, wood, hay, or straw, he's not talking about getting into heaven by giving money, okay? Don't let anyone deceive you with this passage. This isn't about money. This is talking about the quality of the work you did for God while you were on earth. And so gold, silver, and costly stones refer to those things you did in the name of Jesus Christ and by the power of Jesus Christ, those things that were worthwhile. Whereas the stones, the wood, the hay refer to the things that you did with selfish motives or not for Christ or with evil intentions. In fact, when you take these two passages in 2 Corinthians 5.10 and 1 Corinthians 3.11, when you take them together, here's what we know for sure. And it's this, that when Christians get to heaven, one of the first orders of business that Jesus will address will be a reward ceremony, so to speak, for our faithfulness to him on earth. That will take place at what's called the judgment seat of Christ, which 2 Corinthians 5.10 mentions. Now, I know when I say the word judgment, it's kind of scary because when we think about judgment, we think about punishment. So, And that's not what this is. So, so here are a few things you should know about this judgment seat of Christ. Number one, the judgment seat of Christ is for followers of Jesus Christ only. In fact, in the next episode next week, we're going to talk about what happens to people who don't trust in Jesus. What happens to people who refuse to trust in Jesus? We'll get there. But for now, you should know that when the Bible talks about the judgment seat of Christ, it's referring to a judgment only for believers. The second thing is this. This is not a judgment of your sin. Why? Because Jesus Christ already paid the penalty for your sin. Rather, this judgment seat of Christ is where Jesus Christ will evaluate your life. He will evaluate your service to him on earth and grant rewards to you for your faithful service to him. That's why Paul says each, you know, that uh, Paul says that we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ so that each of us may receive essentially what we did, the rewards for what we did on earth, whether good or bad. It's not a distinction between good and evil things we've done. Rather, it's referring to the difference between the praiseworthy qualities of our works versus the worthless qualities of the things that we claim we did for Jesus. And from my own, and I'll admit this is speculation, but from my own speculation, here are at least three areas that um, criteria by which we will be judged and rewarded for, based on scripture, of course. Number one is in our priority. You know, in Matthew chapter 6, verse 19, Jesus says that we should not store up treasures for ourselves on earth where must and, uh, moth and rust can destroy, but to store up for ourselves treasures in heaven. 
You see, if you stored up only treasures on earth where you tried to, you were just storing up treasures on earth, then that means you did not prioritize things that mattered to God on earth. If your goal in life was just to accumulate more and accumulate more and accumulate more, and you weren't thinking about investing in things that matter to God's heart, then you did not prioritize God's kingdom. Well, at the judgment seat of Christ, Jesus Christ will most likely reveal whether we prioritize his kingdom matters over our own personal agenda and reward us accordingly. The second area that we will most likely be evaluated and judged in is not only in our priorities, but also in our stewardship. By stewardship, I mean, how well did you manage the things that Jesus, that God entrusted to you? How well did you manage the natural talents, the spiritual gifts, the abilities, resources, and even the church that Jesus entrusted to you to care for? And just so you know, when Jesus is, compare, is, is analyzing or evaluating your life, Jesus is not going to compare your life and your ministry. He's not going to compare it with other pastors and other ministries because no two people on earth had the exact same calling, exact same talents, exact same resources, spiritual gifts and opportunities, and time, right? Uh, some pastors lived and pastored congregations in wealthy nations and wealthy communities during prosperous times in history, and then some pastors lived in poor nations in difficult times in history. Well, Christ is not going to compare us to each other. Rather, Christ will show you on that day in great detail everything he entrusted to you and how you managed it and reward you accordingly. So we'll be evaluated based on our priorities, based on our stewardship. And thirdly, I would say, God, we will be evaluated in the areas of our motives, in our motives. In other words, what was the driving motivation behind everything that you did? You know, it's possible to do great things for the kingdom of God with ungodly motives. At the same time, you could be sincere in our motives, motives, but be sincerely wrong in our actions. Well, the Bible tells us that man looks at the outward appearance, but God looks at the heart. God looks at our true motive. And on that day at the judgment seat of Christ, Jesus himself will reveal to every single one of us what he saw in our hearts at every decision point and reward us accordingly. Those are the criteria by which I'm proposing that Christ will judge us. Now, concerning the rewards itself, the Bible actually refers to several crowns that Jesus Christ will present to his followers for their faithfulness in different aspects of the Christian life. Let me talk about at least four, maybe five, uh, four of them. Let's talk about four. There's probably more, but let's talk about four that we know of. Second uh, Timothy chapter 2, verse 5 refers to something known as the victor's crown. Victor's crown, and this crown will be given to those followers of Jesus Christ who were obedient in fleeing from sin and made every effort to pursue maturity in Christ. You see, in 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 5, it talks about the fact fleeing the lust of this world. Like, the, did your heart hunger to live a holy life for Christ? Well, the Bible says Christ will reward that with the victor's crown. Uh, in 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 8, it talks about the crown of righteousness, and this crown will be presented to those followers of Jesus Christ whose hearts longed for Jesus' return and who lived their lives in anticipation of Jesus Christ returning. In other words, as a Christian, you didn't just go and hide in some corner waiting for Jesus to come take you home, but you lived every moment of your life in anticipation and in preparation for the return of Jesus Christ. Because you knew he was coming, you were faithful to his word. You told people about him. Well, the Bible says in 2 Timothy 4, 8, that you will receive a crown of righteousness. 
Then in James chapter 1, verse 2, and in Revelation chapter 2, verse 10, it talks about what's known as the crown of life. Um, the crown of life will be presented to those followers of Jesus Christ who were persecuted and to those who persevered under trials and hardship for his name. So those of you guys who have pastored churches that have faced great persecution and you continue to serve Jesus and love the Lord, and you may even have lost some congregants, the Bible talks about the crown of life for you. And then there's one that I think perhaps is most relevant to our to my immediate audience, and, and it's something known as the crown of glory, or the shepherd's crown, or the or the pastor's crown. That's in 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 4. And this crown will be given to those of you who uh, those of you pastors who faithfully shepherded God's people and who poured your life into the church of Jesus Christ. And, and not just pastors, but any man or woman who cared for God's people in times of need. That's what this crown is. Now, we have, I mean, we have every reason to believe that these are actual physical crowns made from, you know, heavenly material, whatever that is, that'll last for all eternity. Even though we have reason to believe it's physical crowns, it's more than likely these crowns are referring to the responsibilities that you will be entrusted with, the creative work that God will appoint to faithful servants of Jesus Christ, right? 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 12 tells us that some believers in heaven will be appointed to governing responsibilities. We will reign with Christ. Uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 3 tells us that some Christians will in fact be involved in the judgment of angels. What's interesting is, in, is that in Luke chapter 16, verse 9 to 10, in the parable of the shrewd manager, Jesus says this. He says, I tell you, use worldly wealth to gain friends for yourself so that when your worldly wealth is gone, you will be welcomed into eternal dwellings because whoever can be trusted with very little can also be trusted with much. And so Jesus is saying that send treasures ahead of you, store up treasures in heaven by shrewdly and wisely using your gifts, talents, resources, and opportunities to invest in God's kingdom while here on earth. And my friends, this judgment seat of Christ will very well be the shocking, third shocking moment that we will experience in heaven. So here's a good question to ask at this point as we consider our first few moments in heaven. On that day, at the judgment seat of Christ, when Jesus Christ puts all of your life's work through the glory of his blazing fire, my question to you is this, what will survive? Which one of your works that you've been doing, all this ministry you're running, doing around, which one of them will prove to be worthwhile and which one of them will prove to be worthless? By what motive? Like, what? Why did you do the things you did? Did you did you do it simply for self glorification, or did you do it because you were being led by the Spirit and you wanted to honor God? What works in your life will result in rewards, and what works will burn up and result in a loss of rewards? So here's the good news: you, my friends, can determine the outcome of that day in heaven today. You can begin to get an idea of what your life will reveal by a couple of ways. By, by one, by your faithfulness to teach God's word to your congregation each week. By loving and compassionately caring for your congregation that God has entrusted to you in, and, 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 and stewarding them, sorry, managing them wisely, shepherding them wisely. By the way you love and treat others today, especially those who can do nothing in return for you. By the way you make efforts, every effort to resist temptation and pursue Christ-likeness. By the way you manage your finances and your earthly wealth. Do you, do you 
Are you simply about accumulating more, deceiving people to take their money, or are you investing in God's kingdom? And by the way, you faithfully share the gospel with people who are far from God. My prayer for every single person listening now is that this episode will help you prepare for the most thorough exam evaluation you will ever face. Listen, heaven will be a joyful, fulfilling experience with hundreds and thousands of shocking first moments. But the shock you won't want to have is to find out that all your works here on earth were in vain. So faithfully do the task entrusted to you. I end today's episode with this passage from the Apostle Peter in 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 1 to 4. And I leave you with this. Paul, uh, Peter says this. He says to the elders and pastors among you, I appeal to you as a fellow elder and a witness of Jesus' sufferings who will also share in the glory to be revealed. Here it is. Be shepherds of God's flock. Be shepherds of God's flock that is under your care, watching over them, not because you must, but because you are willing, as God wants you to, not pursuing this honest gain, but eager to serve, not bullying your congregation or lording it over those entrusted to you, but being examples to the flock. And when the chief shepherd appears, that's Jesus Christ, you, my friends, will receive the crown of glory that will never fade away. May Jesus find your life and ministry to be worthy of celebration on the day you stand before him. God bless you. Thanks again for listening to the Nigerian Pastors Podcast. For more information about our ministry, uh, you could visit our website, www.thegatheringfaithleadership.network. We are a pastoral training ministry in the city of Jos, Plateau State, Nigeria, and our mission is to encourage, equip, and strengthen pastors and ministry leaders. If you enjoyed this week's podcast and were blessed by it, there are one of two ways you can be a blessing to us in return. One, you can subscribe to our podcast on whatever streaming platform you're listening to us and leave an encouraging review and give us some great stars uh, telling us how much you enjoyed our podcast. That would mean a lot to us. And then two, you can actually visit the episode page of this week's podcast and share it on any of your social media platforms, whether it's Facebook, Instagram, WhatsApp, wherever, and let your friends know about us. We truly appreciate you and hope you were blessed by this. Thanks again for listening. We'll catch you up with you next week. Stay close to Christ.